and all the research shows exactly what you just said is like actually when we're self-compassionate we are more motivated we are more resilient if we fail at something we're more likely to keep like to try again and keep going right so like basically whatever your mind is telling you about self-compassion the opposite is probably true <laughs> Welcome to the Level Up Growth Podcast, the podcast where you can learn ways to take your personal development and growth a step further so that you can be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have. I'm Grace, a naturopathic doctor. And I'm Kelsey, a registered clinical counselor. We've both been on and continue to be on our own personal growth journeys. And on this show, we'll explore a range of topics that we can all use to level up our minds, bodies, emotions, and spirit. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to the Level Up Growth Podcast. My name is Kelsey and I'm here with Grace and today we'll be talking about compassion or different aspects of compassion because it's a super broad topic so we can't cover all of it in one 30-minute, 40-minute podcast. Exactly and I think I think a lot, a lot of the with compassion is not just being compassionate to other people because everybody's really really good at that part for the most part, mm-hmm. it's being compassionate to ourselves as well, which most of us struggle with. Yeah, which is so weird, because you would imagine that you have a really good, healthy relationship with yourself. But for some reason, it's like, you let others get away, quote, unquote, with so much, but then you don't let yourself get away with anything. <laughs> because yeah. everything you do is incorrect or wrong or not enough. Yeah, this is like really harsh internal critics, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, especially for women, obviously, but I really, truly believe that in the way that society brings women up or like frames females, I guess, in that sense. Mm, Tell me more about that thought. Why do you think women more than men? I think, so I don't know. I don't know if there's research on it, but I think because the way that women are expected to play so many different roles, whereas men seem to just play like a few different roles like one or two as a traditional like masculine and feminine like men as the provider and things like that and women are expected to also provide now but also be like the homekeeper and like all these take care of the kids and if they don't do all of those things then they're not enough and then if you're not enough then you feel this like deep sense of inadequacy and then it's really hard because society is pushing this message of you have to be all of these things and if you're not and it's not easy for you to do these things, then you probably just are a bad person. Like there's this moral ground. <laughs> that's what I think. And that's the message I get, but obviously different messages can be internalized very differently. Yeah, okay, interesting. What I actually, think? I think you are probably correct with like, yeah, I think for the most part, mm-hmm. in especially in like heteronormative situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, female is expected to have yeah way more tasks and be like it's that perfectionist mindset like I have to do them all and I have to do them all perfectly mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think you definitely see that less in queer couples because there aren't those societal expectations the same way which is interesting yeah good point that's a very good point although I'm sure men also experience that <laughs> I just care less right now about that I mean, like, well, I don't know, neither of us are men, so I, like, hard to relate to that or, like, put ourselves in their shoes, but, yeah. So we can start with what compassion is or what compassion kind of means 
to us. So what do you think of when you hear the word compassion, Kelsey? Yeah, so I think it's, I kind of see it as being warm and caring towards other people or yourself, right? So just supporting and encouraging the other person, but also just being that nice warm presence for them. And again, relating to self-compassion for yourself as well. What do you mm-hmm. see about this? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's kind of being sensitive or aware of the suffering of others, whether that be like critiques or things like that. And then trying to being aware and then trying to prevent it or relieve it in some sense. So that compassion helps you with the relief of that suffering, so to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, I think it's important for us to clarify the difference between compassion and empathy. So empathy is I feel for you. Like I can literally be in your shoes and compassion is I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think also, well, I don't know this. (laughs) I don't know any of these things. Some people have this perhaps negative belief about compassion is if they if they're compassionate with themselves they they will lack motivation because tough love is the way to speak to themselves or tough love approach is the way that you can motivate yourself and compassion is basically being too gentle on yourself so if you show yourself compassion you're going to be too lazy because you won't force yourself to do things yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, okay, I love, I love self. I know. I love it. It's so good. I'm very honestly, like lots of people don't have that belief and I don't know, like there's nothing to show like, Oh, this percentage of people, you know, have these negative beliefs about compassion. I just feel like like through clinical practice, but also just like my own personal experience and then generational as well. Like growing up in a first generation immigrant household, it's like compassion is not something that is really exalted or celebrated it's more definitely about that top of approach yeah interesting okay yeah so yeah I, I like hearing your perspective on it. <laughs> yeah so do you find like do you have other friends that have kind of had the same similar experience do you mean in terms of like a first generation immigrant yeah. household I know for Asian households specifically yes more so because things like crying or showing emotion is generally weak so to speak right I don't know if weak is the exact word that my parents might use but it's something like I would be told growing up that why are you crying like what's the point of crying what does it fix Uh, and obviously you internalize those things (laughs) but yeah so that's kind of that mindset where it's like more so why are you being so emotional or being so sensitive to whatever is being said to you or like what's happening around you you should just tough it out or kind of push through it. And that obviously is very valuable in many aspects. Now being older, I can definitely appreciate how showing compassion is not weakness. It's more so that you like, I guess most people might think that if you show yourself compassion, you will just do nothing. Literally in terms of like physical health and fitness, you might just eat junk food all day. You'll never exercise, right? But really compassion is about oh, you care about yourself. So if you care about yourself, you will behave in ways that will, you know, nurture yourself. You know, I love you. are like, I don't know anything about this. And I'm just like, this is what I'm just thinking. And like, so I've like done a lot of reading and on self-compassion and literally, so I, I don't know if anybody, or if you're familiar with like the work of Kristen Neff, but she's basically like the, the world's leading self-compassion researcher. And she, so there's 
like all kinds of misconceptions about self-compassion. So including like, yeah, that we won't be motivated. And all the research shows exactly what you just said is like, actually, when we're self-compassionate, we are more motivated. We are more resilient. If we fail at something, we're more likely to keep like to try again and keep going. Right. So like basically whatever your mind is telling you about self-compassion, the opposite is probably true. Yeah. But then you're like, why is my mind programmed like this? Like, is it just our like biological kind of programming like our you know like old brain new brain stuff or is it like society like obviously it's probably both but society tells us like this is the way to be yeah I don't know yeah I probably is both probably right like it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of like survival it seems like we'll survive better if we you know are more worried right yeah versus and then also yeah like I think society is just yeah it's not good to you know just basically we said like it's not good to be compassionate or you know it's not going to help you right? That tough love. Yeah. Right. I think I like, like the tough love Tony Robbins approach. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And people love, or like kind of like that stoicism is super popular. Not that stoicism is like necessarily tough love, but it's very much like no emotion, not no emotion. It's very much, and there's good things about it, but it's like accepting things and then just moving on, like not having emotional investment deeply where you, you know, get affected and you just see camp like very monotonous. Yeah. I feel like that's very exalted with like Jay Shetty really loves it. The everyday yeah. stoic um, or like everyone's reading meditations right now and things like that. Like, I feel like it's really blown up, which is a good thing, but also Stoicism and compassion are not mutually exclusive, though. You can probably have both. <laughs> okay, I was just thinking, just like, yeah, meditation. Like, I meditate every day, but I love self-compassion meditations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, loving um, kindness meditations, stuff like that. Like, I, those are, yeah. I think, great. They make me feel really good after. <laughs> and yeah. I still oh, Totally. Sorry, like, meditation's the book. Like, the Marcus Aurelius okay. meditation book. Yeah, for stoicism. Um, but yeah, meditations, loving kindness, that's like compassion, right? Showing compassion to someone else, so compassion for others, and then hopefully you can also receive compassion from others instead of giving it and then you have your self-compassion yeah yeah Yeah. and why do you think we need compassion or why it's important well I think it's important for the reasons of of it makes us more resilient and like helps us keep going right Mm -hmm. and like also when so this is like a, a metaphor that I was telling you before but before we started recording but also one that I use with my clients all the time to help facilitate the idea of self-compassion. But let's say you have these two friends, right? And Mm -hmm. your friend A, every time that, you know, something bad happens to you or, you know, you don't do well at something is like, you suck. Like, Grace, you're not very good at this. You know, you're weak, you're pathetic, right? That's friend A. And then friend B comes along. It's like, hey, you know what? I know this is really hard for you. I'm here for you, whatever you need. No, I got you. Which friend would you rather have? Mm-hmm. the latter obviously right? yeah and yet we're almost always friend a to ourselves right but we would never pick that person to be our actual friend like we would have gotten rid of that friend a long time ago mm-hmm. yeah our brains are tricky they like try to trick us because yeah, <laughs> they want us to live obviously but then we can get caught up in these thinking feeling loops and we get stressed and it's really hard to get out of those yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any strategies for people to become more compassionate, understand their emotions? Yeah, I mean, yes, there, there are like lots of strategies. I think the first one is just to notice when you're not being compassionate. 
So like, I don't know, Grace, do you have any examples of, of times that you've noticed maybe recently where your mind has done the opposite or? Yeah, so as we were talking before earlier, I'm doing this other course on compassion-focused therapy, but we were talking the other week about the three systems or like the three system all of emotions. So our threat system, when we feel anger or anxiety, disgust, our drive system, which we're excited to achieve things. And then our soothe system, which is kind of like, we feel safe, we feel rested. So when I feel inadequate, my threat system is activated. So that would be in times of like, if my capabilities are questioned. So even at work, I might feel, oh, I'm not capable of handling this. This is really complex. And then I, I'm going on a tangent now, but whatever. <laughs> I will just, just go on it. Just go on it. So for example, then I might go on to my, move on to my drive system to compensate for that threat which I would be like, I'm going to take a bunch of courses. I'm going to pay for all these things. So I, you know, like feel adequate. And then you do that and then you get burnt out and then you go to your suit system, which is like, I'm going to seek my partner or I'm going to eat my feelings quote unquote, or engage in behavior like that, where I feel, you know, like safe here, it's familiar. And then again, I'll feel inadequate because I just oversued, for example. <laughs> so it just goes like that. Yeah, but obviously you want, that's like natural. There will be times where I feel anxious about that I am not good enough or I don't know enough or I feel angry about things. And I think for me personally, I would like to increase the number of tools that I have in my pocket to cultivate my soup system. So instead of just things like I want to go work out, which is like soothing for a bit, yes. But, you know, like I want to engage my hobbies or engage in other things. Right. Yeah. Nice. I forgot the question. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you more or less answered it. Okay. Like, yeah, like, like times that lately you've noticed that you go into like that inner critic harsh, you know, friend A mode instead of friend B. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'll be like, I had a plan this week to go to the gym three times a week and I missed one day because I was really tired and I'll beat myself up about it. I'll be like why can't you just keep your promise to yourself like you said that you would do this and you planned this and then I feel bad about myself instead of moving on I'll just I can ruminate on those things right like the past things which doesn't really help me in the present or the future because and a lot of people do that yeah so it's accepting those things moving on being like we are all human we all you know make mistakes or don't do the things that we want to do so recognizing our common humanity and then we just move on with our lives <laughs> instead of being like I'm not perfect everyone else is able to do this why is this so hard for me yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah I want to come back to this so I'm going to give an mm -hmm. example of like myself having that harsh inner critic like so for the most part I use a lot of self-compassion on myself like so if I'm mm -hmm. critic, I usually, and that's why I'm like, the first thing you have to do is notice or like, so the first mm -hmm. element of like, according to Kristen Neff's research, the first element of self-compassion is mindfulness, right? And so that's mm -hmm. just being present. So anybody who doesn't like mindfulness, it, all it means is you're being present with what your experience is. So noticing mm -hmm. your thoughts, noticing the inner credit come out. So for me, an example was actually this morning, but where I was like, so I have chronic pain. And I was, and it has been for the most part, a lot better because I made a lot of lifestyle changes that helped it a lot. But then recently I've noticed that it's, it's been a lot worse again and by a lot worse. I mean, like, it's not, it's very manageable for me, but it's annoying. <laughs> and I said to my partner this morning, I was, I was telling her about it and I was like, 
oh, you know, I thought, you know, here I was thinking I was doing so much better. And I obviously wasn't doing as well as I was thinking I was doing. And she's like, why are you being so hard on yourself? And I was like, oh, yeah, good point. I definitely was being way harder on myself than needed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, even if you practice self-compassion a lot, that inner critic will still come out. But yeah, just kind of noticing when it does, right. Being Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's not like you can avoid feeling anxious or angry for your whole life, right? It will always come, but it's about managing it. Be like, I know how to handle this. I know that my feelings of inadequacy are not true or accurate, right? They're Mm -hmm. just these thoughts I'm having about myself in this moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, yeah, in that case, so then with Kristen Neff's research, the second component, I guess, Mm -hmm. the second component is self-kindness so just mm-hmm. saying something nice to yourself or doing something nice for yourself right so some kind of so I like to use gesture if you're not good at self-compassion is using mm-hmm. a gesture is way easier than using words because our brains won't like to believe the words that we're saying at first anyway right and so mm-hmm. you're asking your strategies like you know like can you put like a hand on yourself like on your heart mm-hmm. or something else that's soothing right? And just allow yourself to feel that kindness or hold yourself or two hands, almost like a little hug, right? Something like that, where it's just like, you know, it's like a physical gesture of I got you. It's a physical gesture. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so great. It's grounding. Yeah, very grounding. I think that because in the course I'm doing, which I think is based on Paul Gilbert, which talks all about doing, yeah, like, so grounding yourself like this way or focusing on your breath but also another way is to focus on the sounds around you so focusing like almost like a zoom lens so to ground yourself focus on one sound and then expand it to all the sounds and personally I find that bringing awareness just to where I am being mindful is much easier if I'm going in my own body as opposed to external cues which is just, I don't know, a personal thing. I just find it so hard to do that zoom lens on sounds or smells or whatever, right? As opposed to if I'm doing that zoom lens on my breathing or even progressive like muscle relaxation, that type of thing is so much easier in my own body. I don't know why. Well, it's interesting. So like grounding skills themselves, yeah, I think are really, really helpful for most people, especially mm-hmm. if you're prone to anxiety or you're just feeling like super stressed. Coming back mm-hmm. down to noticing your body noticing what you can touch noticing what you can mm-hmm. see or taste smell that kind mm-hmm. of thing um the difference when i use it with clients or myself is i also acknowledge what my internal experience is which is a very acceptance mm-hmm. commitment therapy type of grounding mm-hmm. versus a lot of other grounding that people do or meant to be distraction so kind of like you said like mm-hmm. not, if you're i kind of think if you're going to ground you should it should be internal, even if you're also using external cues. But I agree with you. I actually really like, especially from like a self-compassion perspective, using a grounding skill that is more body-based, right? So if you're going to focus on your breathing, but also like another, another Kristen Nesk strategy. I have a whole workbook from her. So that's mm, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Love it. It's called the Mindfulness Self-Compassion Workbook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it's really cool. But another one's like affectionate breathing. So like imagine you're breathing in kindness right mm-hmm. and you're breathing out kindness right and so like you're really in your body and you're just breathing normally but you're just imagining that kindness is flowing into your body and you're kind of like spreading throughout your body type thing mm-hmm. yeah I love that that's a good one I might try that this week yeah. 
Yeah. So a lot of self-kindness doesn't have to be words. It can be all these like other things that you are doing for yourself that Mm -hmm. are like body-based or like it could be words. If you want to try like a great direction is something like a loving kindness meditation because you give kindness to yourself and to other people. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. so anybody who's not familiar, it would be like, you know, may I be happy. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I live with ease type thing. And then you also send Mm -hmm. words to other people. So, yeah. So that that can be a great way. And then, and then the last kind of component of self-compassion, which you mentioned earlier, Grace was common humanity, right? So like connecting with like, everybody feels this way. I'm not the only person who gets anxious or I'm not the only person who feels, you know, physical pain, right? There's other people who are dealing with the same things or remembering that because we all forget that all the time. Mm -hmm. We all forget that. We think that especially with social media, it's only showing the good parts of people's lives that we feel like oh, all my bad parts, I'm the only one experiencing those parts. Or all the really emotional parts, I'm the only one that's super emotional or sensitive, quote unquote, like this. Which is sad, but <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I think a nice exercise for people to do at home, if it's compassion therapy is kind of new to them, is to think about those three, that three system model, and just think about situations where they might think about where their threat focus system is engaged so if you feel anger anxiety disgust etc what was the situation what was happening what emotions or what did you feel in your body what happened to your attention your focus what thoughts came up for you and that same those same questions kind of geared towards our soothe system and then the drive system as well just to become aware of when you feel those things i think that Without the awareness, people often feel like, oh, all these behaviors I'm doing, I don't know why I'm doing them or I don't know why, even though I know they're quote unquote bad for me, whatever bad for me means. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. Or they're not uh, helping me get to where I want to be. They're not like positive in that sense, wherever you want to be. It's nice to just bring awareness to, oh, in these situations, I feel this, this is what's happening. And here's what I felt in my body. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, really component. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Any yeah, other I think, yeah, if so people at home want to try that and then maybe follow that up with like some kind of gesture or act of self-compassion. So the breath would be a good one or the hand. I think, again, if you, especially if you haven't really done this, if you want to take it a level up and you like meditating, you want to do a lot of kindness meditation, maybe that, but kind of one of those three strategies and then as you're doing that, remember that you're not the only person who feels this way or that does these behaviors or, you know, whatever, right? That's literally why we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that everyone experiences it. Yeah. Especially people that, I don't feel this as much, but I definitely know when I was younger and kind of growing up, I felt like people in positions of authority or whatever that means. So someone that you would see, so a teacher, a counselor, a naturopath, your family doctor, things like that it would feel like, and same with your parents, right? You would think that they have it all together, that they don't experience these things, they don't struggle with different things. But then as you get older, you realize that everyone feels inadequate in different aspects, right? So it makes you feel less alone, even people who you think are in positions of authority, like even like policemen, right? Or like police people, they will often feel inadequate or not good enough. They're scared too, right? Going to situations. So just understanding or knowing that in the back of your head can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope just by us sharing, you guys understand that as well, right? I literally just said, I, you know, have had like today 
had that heart shiner credit come out and for mm-hmm. a reason that a lot of people experience, right? So just, it's not, it doesn't matter who you are, right? We all have similar internal experience. Mm-hmm. One more thing about that. <laughs> so I think that people, it can be easy to know that like, oh, I know that some people experience that, but still it's so easy for them to get over it. And just know that it's not easy. Like it can seem so easy or seem so effortless, but it's not. And it takes lots of work. So knowing that everyone experiences, but and also knowing that everyone struggles to, you know, combat those thoughts can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for example, I have worked on self-compassion stuff for like six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is like ongoing and I'm much better at it now because I've worked on it for six years. It was not an overnight thing and it still requires effort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of like physical fitness right it's like your mental fitness yeah. and so there's never an end point that you reach it's like it's a gradual progression throughout your whole entire life yeah, exactly okay yeah okay any final thoughts grace no except i get so excited talking about that i know <laughs> like, like I, said, I feel like we're just we're gonna have more self-compassion episodes for sure in the future yeah yeah <laughs> so good like it just so it's such like a gentle way to speak to yourself, I feel like, and has so many positive benefits. And I wish that everyone would see that and not have these negative beliefs around self-compassion or positive beliefs around like self-talk. Like they yeah. believe that that's positive, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we also just love to hear everybody else's favorite. If you have a favorite self-compassion exercise or something that you, or a thought about it, or maybe you guys disagree with us or agree with us, but connect with us on social media, let us know. And you know, all our information will be in the show notes, but yeah, just, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, you guys. All right. And remember to like this episode and share it with your friends. All right, everybody take care. Bye. Thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Make sure to connect with us on social media with your takeaways from the show, any questions you may have, and let us know what topics you're interested in. Your support means so much to us, so please subscribe to the show, rate, and review if you enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week on Level Up Growth.